Wow. God is good. He allows us to be here this morning. He puts us here this morning. Can I tell you a a reminder about how the body works? Uh, Robert, um, he he, he got that stuff going around, so he's not here today. Woke up with a fever and stuff, and... But but I don't know. Some of you relate to this. But I'm I'm walking on the sidewalk and the umbrellas aren't up because that's what Robert does. Every single person matters. I mean, every single person. You don't necessarily see it, you know, what the body does and the people in the body. But every single person has a part. I don't know, just just a reminder. I want to review a little bit from last week, because it definitely uh, will go into today's sermon. And last week, we talked about Jesus is on the scene, and he's walking with his disciples. And as he walks with his disciples, he's constantly being confronted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. I'm going to say the pastors of the day, only trying to, to communicate who they would be and how to understand, maybe if you don't know, who the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes were. But constantly they were, they were confronting him, and he comes to a moment in time where there's a big group of people. There's, there's the pastors of the time. There's the disciples. There's, there's kind of a crowd going on. And the next thing you know, the, the, the pastors start asking Jesus questions, and the Bible says in order to trip him up, to make him look bad on purpose. And you go, what? But it's, what's going on? doesn't seem like, what, what are they doing? But... I don't know, you could, everything from jealousy to, to everything's going on. So, you know, we looked last week, and, and next thing you know, a scribe asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And, and last week we read this. I want to read it again today, just as a reminder. It says, Mark, in Mark 12, 30, it says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you so much for this morning, the time you've given us to be together, to share your word, to worship. Lord, this is a a time of celebration. It's a time of receiving. It's a a time of uh, seeking you to be a body that just wants to seek you. Help us to understand what does this mean? The scribes of the day, the Pharisees, I mean, they're asking questions to trip you up. And yet you responded with one thing, to love, to love God. And out of that love, you'll love others. And out of that love, yes, you'll even love yourself. Lord, help us to see, help us to hear today. (laughs) To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. So then the word goes on and says this. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all the strength, And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. 
Now, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. You see, even this scribe in the middle of all of his peers and all the pressure to, you know, put pressure on Jesus, to disprove him somehow, uh, to make him look bad in front of the disciples and all the other people, and to be able to lift themselves up. Here's this one scribe that, that his heart was being drawn to God, being drawn to the Son of God. And this one scribe, he asks this question, and Jesus gives him an answer. And there's something's happening in him because Jesus himself said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And there was that moment of time But also what Jesus didn't say at this time is, you are now in the kingdom of God. He wasn't quite there yet. So then Jesus went on and he says this. Then Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? For David himself said, by the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, David himself calls him Lord. How is he then the son? And the common people heard him gladly. Let me just tell you what's going on here real quick and real simple. What Jesus is saying, scribes, Pharisees, you that want to trip me up, you that are trying to discredit me, the son of God stands right before you and you have no clue. You, you have no clue that here I am, the one that you know, the one that you honor. You honor God. You worship God. You lead people supposedly to God. And yet the Son of God is right before you, the one that's the lead and reconcile mankind to him. You don't even know I'm here. I'm him. But you see that last sentence says, but the common people, they heard. Why did the common people hear what we're going to talk about today. Why did they hear? Second Timothy 1, 6, 7 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. This is my God. This is your God. If God dwells within you, if you come to that place where you you repented and you received the son that we're talking about right here, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he dwells within us. He doesn't give us the spirit that wimps out. He doesn't give us the spirit that fears. Even though we can have fear, we can be anxious, we can struggle, we can do all of that. It's okay. But the bottom line is, the spirit of God that's within us whispers. I am here. I am here. If we see him and if we hear him. We're going to take an opportunity to pray for a sister in Christ, Carol. Um, I'm going to ask, if you will, um, just the ordained uh, men, if you'll come forward for a minute. I'm also going to always be an equipper. So I'm going to explain, like, why did I just say with the adorn, uh, adorn, ordained men come forward? Because I have found when we're praying for someone, you can pray just as well there. But, but as she has come, she's asking for the elders of the church to pray for her health. And so I have found if too many people circle her, it gets hot and it kind of smothers you. I mean, I know it seems like a physical thing. But but that's why. It's not because all of our prayers don't matter and that, you know, like I'm trying to leave people out.
But so, Miss Carol, would you, I'm just going to ask you to start here. And if you come on forward, guys, we're going to pray for Miss Carol. I need my phone, Miss Trish, right there. Thank you. The Bible tells us, the Word of God tells us, that when we're sick, to pray for one another, that we have faith that God can heal. doesn't mean he always heals, for lack of a better way to say it. I'm going to rephrase that. I believe God always heals. Sometimes it's the way it comes. It might come by a way of a peace in our heart. It might come from a physical healing, which I know the word of God speaks often of. And I also know even in my own life, I have seen God supernaturally heal someone physically. And I have seen God supernaturally heal someone spiritually and bring them to a place of repentance and understanding and belief that he is God and that he wants and desires a relationship with us. So, Miss Carol, when we pray for you this morning, I know your testimony. I, I, Trish and I had the pleasure of having dinner with you one night and heard so clearly your faith in, in the Lord Jesus. And your, that day you repented and believed. And um, the, the, the things that come out of your mouth to his glory and sharing the gospel with people. Sometimes we never know what brings us to a place of physical unhealth, um, things that seem to come against us in this world, a sin-fallen world. It's our nature. It it is. But in all of that, God says, I'm going to read from his his word. I want him to speak. In 3 John 1, 2, it says, Dear friend, dear Carol, says, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health physically, just as you are spiritually. God desires that for you. So what we're doing is we're standing in agreement. There, there's not, for lack of a better way to say it, any power in us. I know you know that. There's no power in us, but there is power in faith. There is power in belief. And also, I'm going to use some anointing oil, which there's, there's in, a, in essence, there's nothing special about this oil except for by faith and by belief. What we're doing is saying, look, this oil represents what we know, and that's an anointing that God promises to give. And I'm going to just place a little on your, on your right here on this side, and I want to go. This is your ear that you're struggling with, right? This one here? Okay. And I'm going to put a little oil there, but only saying, Lord Jesus, we agree with our sister. We want healing for her. Father God, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm so glad you're God. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're the one that makes sense out of all this stuff. When we're sick, when we're hurting, uh, even now while we're praying and we're lifting our sister up to you, Father, we're asking that in the name of Jesus, you would heal her. We'd heal her ear. Lord, you would touch her mind, her head. Will you give her your peace? You would continue to heal her body, Lord. She's been sick for so long, and we see you working already. She, she, she is so much further along physically in, 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 it went from when she was sick now. Lord, we give you the glory, and we thank you for it. We ask that you continue to touch her, Lord, and as, as you work in her life, both, both physically and, Father God, I know that every believer in this room understands this. For dear and diversity, we draw closer to you. 
Lord, we don't want diversity. We don't want trouble. We don't want trials. But it brings us closer to you. So, Father, thank you for our sister. We stand in agreement. We celebrate the peace that we know that you will give her because that's what you promise. And we ask again for the healing that only you can do. Touch our sister. We thank you, Lord. We celebrate you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we're claiming it. Amen. God bless you. We'll go like this. God bless you. I always ask you to raise your hand, but don't this time. We're created in the image of God, and regardless of what anyone says, there's a void in our heart from the very beginning that seeks out the very creator that made us. Sometimes, unfortunately, our heart grows so hardened and so cold and so far from God, we We pretend and say we don't even believe he exists, but he does. And we know deep down. Hearing the voice of God, the number one question I'm asked is, what is the will of God? Second is, what's God's purpose? And always third is, what's his plan? Always. Those are the top three questions. And then when most people get those answers... We have to stop and pause because we've been talking and walking through this. I don't understand the answer. Because if the will is God found in John 6, 40, that, the, that those who look upon the Son of God, for, it goes like this, John 6, 40, for this is the will of God, for those who look upon the Son of God and believe in him shall be saved. For this is the will of God, that we be saved. That's too easy, Pastor Tony. Now I want to know God's will for my life. That is his will. If you keep looking for a will other than your salvation, you're going to be in trouble and you'll never find it outside of salvation. And then God says, in your salvation, the one purpose I have for you, Tony, is that you glorify me. That's it. It's not not in what you do in this life. This life is but a moment. It's that you glorify me. And Pastor Tony, again, that's too easy. You know why it's too easy? Because it takes away all the excuses. I'm talking to myself. You don't think that I didn't look in a mirror many times, and I still do to this day once in a while. To this day, I still have to take a glimpse and go, remember what your purpose is, Tony, to glorify God. And then his plan, and his plan is to take your salvation and the word of God, and then go do it, live it out. But God, this is a legitimate question. Listen to me. How? God, I need to hear from you. And yet, most of the people I ask, I would say the vast majority that I ask, and I believe biblically I can show, I will show this. I'll show where I'm pulling this from. Most of the people, they don't hear God. They tell me, what are you talking about? How do you hear God? You keep talking about hearing God. How do you hear God? I don't hear God. I don't hear God like you, Pastor Tony. 
Time out. I am no different than you. You ready? Isaiah 28, 23 says, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. Does God talk to us? Hello? Listen and hear my voice. What do we got to do to hear God's voice? We need to listen. Well, that's a no-brainer. Oh, no, it ain't. God says, listen. God says, if we listen, we will hear his voice. Is God a liar? Hear, hear me. For if we said, God, I'm listening and I don't hear you, we make God a liar. God says, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention. Pay attention. Hello? Pay attention and hear what I say. He will speak. Isaiah 30, 21 says, and whatever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way, walk in it. Wait a minute. I thought the Bible says that God goes before us. I thought the Bible says that God is a light unto our path. Right? So what? what's Isaiah saying? And whenever you turn to the right or left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way. Behind you, this is the way. God is a light unto our path. As we read his word and we pray and we walk out and work out our salvation, he is right there. As we go step by step in faith, I believe, I trust, he's whispering in our ear, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And I'm lighting the path before you. I'm God. I don't, I don't walk, be, I don't do this. Tony, come on, come on, come on, Tony, come on. Let's go, come on, Lee, let's go, come on, come on. No, 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 our God, he doesn't do that. Because if we're not listening and hearing what he's telling us to do, and we don't do it out of love for him, what's the first commandment? To love the Lord our God with all of our mind, strength, heart, soul. He's behind us and next to us whispering, not enlightening the path before us. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God's not a liar. He says, if we seek him, we will find him. Do you understand how this can get very difficult? Do you understand that we can be in church our whole life, that we can think we understand who God is, and all of a sudden we're hearing his word and we might just be going, "Uh uh-oh. Because I thought I was seeking him. He's not answering. I thought, I thought I, I, you know, he was going before me, but he seems not to be there. And he says, and you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me. If we search for God, we will find him. We will hear his voice. If we don't hear his voice, there's a, there's, there's a problem. And it's not God. He so desires to talk and walk with us. Luke 8, 4. We go into a time when Jesus is speaking a parable, a story, a heavenly story, if you will, or at least an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And it begins like this. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. 
Some fell on a rock, and as soon it was spread, as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, "Who has an ear to hear? Let him hear." He just spoke. Why? I mean, listen, it'd be like me saying, do you hear me? If you hear me, raise your hand. Some of you aren't putting your hands up. Come on. (laughs) Do do you see how silly that seems? Sometimes when I read scripture, I go, of course they hear him. He goes, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Why is Jesus saying that? You could say that he's saying, he who has a heart, let him hear and listen to what I have to say. The condition of our heart determines that if we can hear from God, do you know the condition of your heart? It's pretty hard. You can ask people, but then you just keep asking someone until you find someone that says, oh, your your heart's good, Pastor Tony. It's on because if someone says, you know what, I'd be meaning to talk to you, you just go, oop, no, I don't wanna, I don't wanna listen to that. <laughs> now come on, right? You know, I don't, no, 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 I don't wanna listen to that. We find people that will listen to us and, and build us up and be positive and, and that's good. I mean, I don't want us to be tore down. But you know what, I want someone, I, I, I just look down at my wife, you know, I, I want someone that want, that once in a while would just look at me and go, why'd you say that? Luke 8, 9 says this. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now Jesus knows that they're hearing them. But he says, if you have an ear to hear, listen. And now he's saying, seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Okay, now, is, is Jesus trying to confuse someone here? Mm-mm. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? His disciples, thank you. Make sure you just, you know, you're here. You're listening. You're here. He's talking to his disciples. What is he, why is he talking and telling his disciples this? Because he says, um, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. See, the disciples are following Jesus. And what he's doing is he's pulling them aside, knowing that one day that he soon will pay the penalty for their sin, that he will be crucified, he'll be buried, he'll rise again, he'll be on earth for a short time, and then he'll go ascend to be on the right-hand side of the Father, leaving the Spirit of God to indwell our hearts and to continue the mission to God's glory of reconciling man to God. He's talking to the disciples. So so one moment, deep breath. Disciples, you know who you are in this room. First of all, he's talking to you. He's saying, I want you to hear this. Tune in. We're fixing to hear the Lord Jesus himself 
speak to what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to hear and see. And what he's saying is, disciples, I want you to know not everyone will see and hear. He's not saying this to confuse them. He's saying this to point out to his disciples, not everyone's going to see and hear. You need to know that. Continues verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away. The word, excuse me. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Lest they should believe and be saved. So the first person we're looking at, and Jesus is explaining about this parable of the sower, is the first person is basically clueless. Now that's not biblical terms, nor it is a, tr- a translated term. It's just a, it's just what I, I'm just trying to help us to understand what it's saying. Is that the person's basically clueless. I mean, they're so distracted that even when they hear the word of God, as God's trying to speak to them, I'll love you. I, for God sent his one and only son, son, I love you. I love you. And we're so distracted that all of a sudden we hear it quickly. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's like it's not even there. The devil, the evil of the day just takes and snatches it away that quick. And we kind of like go for a moment. Was that God? Well, ah, yeah. And we move on. But the one on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. This is a person that's very emotional. They're constantly seeking an experience. I loved this morning's worship. For It's a good example. Um, I, I just, I, I love to clap. I, I love to raise my hands. I love to engage. And I just, I, I mean, I, God made me this way, right? He made us to hear and to participate and to engage things. And I'm, I just... Man. But this person has a tendency to live for those moments, and the minute they walk out the doors, it's kind of like we, we never were there. Or we go to a conference, and we have some great speakers that really cheer us up and, and get us going and feeling good about God, and next thing you know, we leave the conference, and the next morning, Temptation comes, whatever it might be. It might be any, any, it could be anything. It can be pornography. It can be uh, lust. It can be whatever. It, it just, it can be anything. But when temptation comes, all of a sudden, emotionally, we go, Oh, but God, you know that I can't handle this. And you know, and boom, we fall into temptation. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. And this person, Jesus is saying, a person you're going to encounter, disciples, a person that's in this world, they're just going to fade. They're so wrapped up in themselves. Life's good. Why, why do I really need God? I mean, this person won't ever say that. This person might, again, be a, a very godly person. Matter of fact, I really believe... Uh, uh, that in this parable, he's not talking about people that are anti-God because the word's being presented, it's being sown. And he's saying they're hearing it. He's saying, you understand? So these are people that, that they don't go, they're not, they're not um, atheists. They're people that 
believe God's real. But the cares of the world, the selfishness in the heart. This is, I mean, I think they're all a dangerous place, right? The first one, the wayside, says snatches away so they, in essence, can't be saved. They don't even hear enough of the word to be saved. And then the second one on the rock is saying that the, the, the word comes in and, and they look at the word almost superficially, but because they don't internalize the word and, and, and memorize the word and, and know what the word says, they never have what it takes to combat the, the stuff in life that comes against them and temptation comes and they can't say, get away from me, devil. Greater is he, Jesus, and me than he is in the world. That's you. Bye. But it's, but it's not there if we're not in the word. And then we come to this person again, and just it's a fade, it's a fade, it's a fade. It's, it's probably the most religious person there is, the one that, who knows, saved for years or goes to church, does Bible study. And they're always saying, they're always saying, but you don't understand the things of life. Take me away. One day, Jesus, I'll draw near to you. One day, I'll be in your word. One day, I'll be closer to you. They just fade, fade. And then one day, probably will never come except for by the grace of God. Those who have a religious heart will say they want to hear God speak, but they allow distractions, temptations, and selfish desires to stop them from hearing God's voice. This is why we don't hear God's voice. There's no way around it. It's tough to preach. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to receive. We want to make it about so much other stuff, but th- there's only one reason, and this is it. In a time even, in time, even what they believed about God will soon fade. It will be taken away. Luke 8.15, but the ones that fell on good ground. Now, this is where I get excited. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. That's the person that's in the word, that's praying, and that is listening and hearing. And yes, they hear God's voice. And it's good ground, and it's ground that God can can speak into and can anoint and can, and can empower And God gets glorified. And you. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. If you earnestly, earnestly are seeking to hear God's voice, then I pray and I claim in the name of Jesus, we hear his one and only word. This is it. There is no other hope. I can't convince you. There's no one that can convince you. It's about your heart. It's about my heart. 
We can't read the scripture where he says to love him with all of our heart and not and still think we can hear his voice. Ain't going to happen. That's tough. Isn't that not tough? It's got to be. But it's, it's, it's just true. I know there's people that listen online. I really, I I have to say this. Do you realize that even after we look at Scripture that tells us how we can hear God's voice and why people don't, do you realize that maybe some in this room and some that will listen online didn't hear a word I said, didn't hear a word God said through his word? I don't know. I'm always... I always tell you I'm transparent. I'm just being transparent. I, I don't I don't know. I just say that because I know it's reality. And Jesus was telling his disciples, I want you to know this because you know what? If you're really following after me and you love me, you're going to love yourself and you're going to love others. It's going to hurt when you try to share my goodness and grace. There's going to be people that don't hear you. They're going to look at you and like say, they're going to say, what are you saying? I don't understand. We got to be faithful with the good ground. We got to be faithful to share the gospel. We just got to be faithful to do what we know to do. We cannot be distracted ourselves in trying to make someone love Christ, trying to make someone hear his voice Can we pray with them? Yes. Can we walk with them if they're willing and they want to and they desire counsel? Yes. But beyond that, we got to take a deep breath and we say, you know what? God is the one that that loves you and and that can work in your life. I can't. And we got to move on to the gospel. We got to move on to the ears that will hear and the ones that will listen. That's hard, but we have to. And that's by the grace of God. you really desire to hear God's voice, you must know him, meet him, start a relationship with him. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone shall boast. I know we like to think that um, God will speak to us when we're not a believer, when we don't belong to him. I'm, I, I really believe with all of my heart God hears us. I mean, there's, there's scripture that says that God doesn't hear um, the, the, the words, if you will, of an unrepentant heart, meaning a heart that doesn't know him, doesn't belong to him. I don't know. I, I, I guess ultimately I believe that to be true. But you know what? Put that aside for one moment. I said that for the theologians in the group this morning. But put that aside, not put the word of God aside, but just put that thought aside for a moment. And I just want us to really think about this. You know, um, it'd be like if Pastor Role came up to me and started speaking Spanish. I mean, I would understand, uh, como se llama, and that's about as far as it goes. No, no habla espanol, um, and, and he could say whatever he wants, and all I, I would go is see, see. I wouldn't understand a word. Why? Because I, I don't know Spanish. God doesn't have a secret language, but I will tell you this. If our heart is not open to him and we don't belong to him, we don't hear his voice. Because we can't. It's a different voice. It's a spiritual voice. It's a voice of love that can only speak to a spirit within me 
because I repented and believed in Christ. Now a spirit dwells within me that when God speaks, I hear his language. When, when I read his word, the spirit of God in me can now interpret what God is saying. Does that make sense? I mean, you can read, though, anyone can read the word in English or whatever language and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but ultimately, if they don't belong to God, they won't hear or know what he's really saying. We, we just saw that when he was talking to the disciples. He even said that. Two, seek him with all of your heart, Jeremiah 29, 13. We need to pray, meditate on his word. Three, do what God tells you to do, found in Matthew 13, 16. It does no good if we belong to God, we hear what he says, and then we just don't do it. Now, you might think it's okay, and sometimes I think it's okay, and sure enough, when I know God is telling, I mean this, when I know God is telling me something, and I know I'm seeking him, and I'm praying, I'm meditating, and he clearly through his word, I hear his voice say, Tony, this is the way, walk in it, and I go, not today. I get a spanking. Those God loves, he disciplines. Some of you know exactly what I'm saying. We need to do what he says. Otherwise, all of a sudden, he falls silent. You ever, you ever hear God tell you to go in a direction, all of a sudden, you don't hear it no more? Be still. <laughs> you might be walking outside of what he told you to do. Oh, yeah, right there, last point. Be still and know he is God, Psalm 46.10. Hebrews 4, 2 says this, For indeed, we have good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not unified by faith in those who heard. Again, I'm just, I, that scripture tells me that everyone hears. It's only when, by grace, I've been saved through faith, and the faith in me, trusting Christ as my Savior, the Spirit of God dwelling in me, when the word of God speaks, it unites with the faith that God has put in me, and now I can hear him. If I have not repented, I'm trying to make this as clear as I can. If I have not repented of my sin and believe by faith that Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again, paying the penalty for my sin, and I have not put my trust or belief in that, that he, he did that for me, and I, I'm not saved or born again, as there, however you want to say it. He does not dwell in me, then I don't hear his voice. You might be, you might be driving yourself crazy trying to hear God and, and now need to realize maybe you don't because you don't belong to him. Um. We are going to receive our offering in a minute, uh, ushers. I want to encourage us today. Um, on your on your connection card, take a moment and you know if you feel God speaking you to you in some way, or um, uh, you you have um, we handed out a survey. Even out there, you could write. Hey, Pastor Tony, pray for me in this area. I feel God's leading me onto salvation. I don't understand. Or maybe I'm newly saved. And, you know, how do, what's the next step? You know, how, how do I grow? How do I do what you're saying? 
that's very legitimate because if, if we're a, a brand new Christian, I'm telling you, some of you might not remember, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're, you're a little baby. And you really need to be spoon fed. That's not silly, nor is that wrong. It's, it's what the Bible says. And so maybe you say, hey, Pastor Tony, um, you, know, you, you got a study you recommend or a small group or uh, take some, a little time. Just write, write down if there's a need or desire in your life. And, and I'm purposely kind of stalling a little bit to give you that moment. So we just so rush sometimes, you know? Just a moment. Let God speak. We want to hear him. We need to be still. He'll he'll talk. He says he will. And when he does, he heals. He gives his peace. He gives his direction. Life is not perfect. In that realm, the realm where you hear God. But if there's one person I want on my side, it's him. And all the battles I'm facing and will face is him. He who has an ear to hear, let you hear. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again for this day for your word, for your spirit, for your love, for your peace, for your anointing, for your empowerment, for your grace that is more than efficient, even in times we don't understand. Times of sickness. I think in, I know Robert's sick. I know Angel right now is in the hospital. I mean, there's, there's many that just they have physical illnesses. They have things that they're up against, emotionally spent, Some are struggling in their jobs and relationships and marriages. God, you know know all of these things, and yet you desire for us to be still long enough. Just still, be still. Let me talk into your life. Let me me comfort you. Let Let me speak to what you can do in response. And most of all, let me hold your heart close to mine. You are not alone. And if you're in this room this morning and and you don't know God, you know it, you know it. His word says that the very spirit of God reveals to us our salvation. If you're in this room and you're just going, I don't know if I know God or not. I don't know if I'm saved or not. Well, then, then you're probably not because you would know. Give him your heart today, not by what I'm saying, not by emotion, I hope by what he has stirred up, because that's the only way we can be saved, is when he reveals to us that we're, our sin separates us from his Father. And he's revealing to you that it's true. He loves you. He desires for you to be reconciled to him, to God. Right now. Today is the day of your salvation. Right now. Father, forgive us of our sin. We do believe that your son paid the penalty. He was crucified, buried, he rose again. And we believe, not because we were there, but because you're telling us by your word and your spirit, in my heart, it's true. And I'm choosing right now to put my trust in you as my Savior. 
with your eyes closed, I'm just asking, just, just asking right now. Does anyone in the room say, Pastor Tony? I asked Jesus to be my Savior this morning. Would you raise your hand so I can see your hand and I can be praying for you? Okay, yes, I see you. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. Thank you. Anyone else? Father, you know our hearts. You know the hearts of those that rose their hand. I pray and I claim again. It's only by your name. In your name, in the name of Jesus, Father God, stir up the hearts of those you just put salvation within them. Give them a boldness. Give them a desire to shout it from the rooftops. To hold nothing back, knowing that you have just impermeated their life. You had just come into their very spirit and made it alive again in you. May they be a walking testimony and continue to give you glory for the very salvation you bring and brought this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen.